Good morning. Welcome to the Sunday Morning Services, Exploring Your Faith Hour. I do appreciate you being here. I am Jesse Lee Peterson, and good morning to everybody here again. Uh-uh, uh-uh, I have a, I think, oh, let me first ask, are there any questions or comments? Did you bring anything today, or did you just come to receive? Okay, everybody came to receive. That is so encouraging. You got a mustache. You look like a Mexican. <laughs> How come y'all laughing because you look like a Mexican? Uh, you are Hispanic, right? It's a multicultural congregation. <laughs> so what? This is a multicultural congregation. That's right. That's for sure. But you haven't always had a mustache, right? I've never been able to grow one. How do you like it? I've be- never been able to grow one. Oh, and how do I like it? Yeah. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it makes you look a little older. Mm-hmm. Your wife like it? Uh, she says no. <laughs> I don't know if anybody likes it. I'm just. I don't dislike it. It's just you look different with it. I was just trying to look more like a gunfighter. Oh, it's working. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking of too, but I didn't want to say it. God, right? What's his name? Bradshaw Mark. Yeah, you remind me of him. That's funny. That's funny because uh, my dad dressed me up as Groucho Marx like around five times for Halloween or more. And he traumatized. That's what happened. And you were traumatized. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I forgot what he would say. He would have the cigar like that. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Oh, it is? What's wrong with it? I don't see anybody rushing out here to do something about it. Building a <laughs> um, Is this other mic working? I don't know yet. <laughs> testing one, two. And then testing? The test the mic. Just go ahead. Testing the mic? No, just go ahead and continue. Uh, okay, but the mics are not working. That one's kind of it's scratchy. Is that one working? It's just popping. Is that one working? Probably. No, I didn't know for sure. That way we use that one. Testing the mic again. Yeah, it's work. Come to here. Move like you want to get there. You have a question? Uh, you sit. Right here. You sit, uh, you Hold on a minute. Hold on. I'm sorry. Hold on. There's nothing wrong with the mic. Robert, come back to the other side. Oh, nothing wrong with the mic? Why we have been told there is something wrong with the mic? And James telling us there's something wrong. No, he said to go ahead and go, ahead, go on. Oh, okay. Robert, come back. You can go back over there, Rob. Go ahead, John, right here, buddy. This is fun, huh? <laughs> so professional. Okay. Uh, well, you said uh, you said earlier on we had had anything to share. Uh, share. Well, I uh, I do. Um, like a couple of days ago, our uh, and our company had a had a little picnic, which included what we call a scab. Um, Scavenger hunt at Santa Monica, uh, Santa Monica Pier. To me, it was an experience because it was almost 40 years since I went uh, went on uh, went out to Santa Monica Pier uh, Pier area, Pier area, and and this and this is to see uh, see how things uh, things were at Santa Monica. I got a enormous amount of work, uh, very good workout on that. Oh, that's not worth sharing in church though. <laughs> You well, can at least that one. Huh? Hold on to that for the men's meeting. Okay, fine. 
<laughs> um, okay, then I have a question, and, and then I'll tell you what the headlines, what my topic is today. How many of you have fear? One form of fear in one way or another. Fear. Oh, good. Everybody. Everybody. Even Groucho. <laughs> Everybody has fear, huh? Everybody. Okay. Everybody. That's interesting. Um, how many of you have love? Oh, everybody got love and fear? <laughs> love, everybody raise their hand, folks, just in case you didn't see it. They have both. You didn't raise your hand, all right? For fear. I, I, no. I can't. Did you raise You have love? They can't hear you. Yes. Yeah, she's doing this with a mic stuck in her face. Yes. You have love but no fear. I think so, yes. You think on which one? Yes. On which one? No fear and love. Oh, okay. Very good. I'm glad to hear that. I really am. Um, one thing, and, and I want to talk about love, I want to talk about fear and love, all right? And I do want to say that um, it's impossible to have both. You either have one or the other. Um, so I want to talk about fear and love. One thing I've learned from this reaction from the CNN interview, um, the interview that I did concerning Joyce Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin trial, um, I guess as most of you know by now, I, I was on there and I, was, I said many things, but I think the two things that, I mean the one thing that really got everybody mad was the fact that I said that Trayvon Martin was a thug and that I said, you know it, I know it, his parents know it, and everybody else knows it, that he was a thug. And all hell broke loose, right? And I, w- I should have brought some of the emails and Facebook comments that I've been getting from the hate. I mean, people just hate me for it. I mean, it's not like there's no room for error in that. Total hateful, hateful, hateful messages. And uh, I even had, I, I deliberately took phone calls this last two weeks from people who wanted to talk to me about that statement. And I had several, a couple of preachers who called me, one from L.A. here, and uh, he was like, you know, I just want to ask you, uh, who, who is paying you to say what you're saying? <laughs> who is paying you? I forgot his name, some preacher here in L.A., I wish I did remember his name. And um, I said, what do you mean? He said, you said that that child was a thug. And he was just 16 years old. I said, 17. I said, he was 16 year old child, 17. <laughs> they don't want to accept he was 17. Well, he was 16 year old child. I said, well, first of all, had he been a child with no negative history, why would they work so hard to keep his history out of the courtroom. They literally went out of their way to make sure that the real person not be revealed in court to a point that on his cell phone, the um, prosecutor would not give the DA all of his cell phone information. And the person that exposed that worked for the prosecutor. And when he exposed it, he got fired for saying that they were hiding this information on uh, Trayvon, right? But, and so the preacher, he was like really trying to sound nice. And by the time that conversation was over, he got so mad at me and just went off. And then he hung up. 
just hung up on me. And I had so many people calling me, mostly, it was interesting too, it was mostly women. All in the name of Jesus, they would say, I love the Lord, and I'm not going to get mad. I'm, I'm going to stay calm. I'm a Christian. I'm going to stay calm. By the kind of conversation over there, they were literally cursing, using curse words, going off and hanging out. And so I thought about that. I'm like, wow, you know, prior to 25 years ago, I had a lot of anger and I, too, thought the white man was my problem. I had been convinced of that at the age of 18 once I moved out to L.A. I thought that all of my issues were somebody else's fault and that uh, I should join forces with black Americans. Well, with that anger, you automatically join forces with other angry people anyway. Even if you don't want to, you still do it. And so I was one of those people who had, had I heard a black man saying that on TV, I've been going off to just filled with anger and going off in the same way because I couldn't see my way clear. I thought what I believed was true. I thought it was a race thing. I could not see that it was spiritual and that it's a battle between good and evil and it has nothing to do with race at all. Not one iota. It has nothing to do with male or female. Our life has nothing to do with uh, male or female or, or the color that we are. Not one iota of a thing. But I couldn't see that at the time. So I identify with the physical world around me. My color, white folks, you know, just mad. Um, and so I would have fought, I would have been upset. I remember growing up, there was one person who was a Republican, for example. And I just, uh, once I moved to California, became angry at her. I thought she was, had sold us out. And she was a famous person, too, a singer or somebody. I wish I could think of her name. Mahalia Jackson, somebody like that. And I thought, wow, how is she going to sell us out with the white man? <laughs> you know, I couldn't see it any other way. And no one could have come along and told me that it was different than that, that she was a sellout because of my anger. And so, long story short, I suffer for that. Because when you have anger, you have fear. Because fear separates you from God. You know, anger separates you from God. And in the darkness of your imagination, you can't help but have fear. God said, perfect love cast out fear. So if you have fear, you don't have love at all. And so when God woke me up and he removed the anger from my heart, absolutely removed it from my heart, removed that spirit away from me. And that's amazing to me that he did that. And uh, when he removed it, I, he allowed me to see life in a different manner, not in a male or female kind of situation or the color. Even though I see your color, I know you're male, but I also see that it has nothing to do with the way you think and act. And then he allowed me to love and appreciate the truth, you know, straight up truth. Because what I notice about God he doesn't sugarcoat the truth at all. Not at all. When, when you're wrong, he let you know you're wrong. He doesn't put it a certain kind of way. He doesn't tip up on you with it. He's not concerned about how you're going to feel about it. It's just straight up truth. And if you love that straight up truth, it makes you free, right? And so I'm becoming that way more and more and more in life. And I never thought that I could live that way because I was so emotional. And I had so much fear that I didn't want to be dealing with anything. 
because I was angry and I had no love, no light to guide me through the situation. So I didn't want to deal with anything. Leave me alone, you know. And uh, it's weird. It's totally interesting. But when he took that spirit of fear away from me, I'm settled in myself where I can, I'm ready to deal with anything as of this day, 25 years later. At least, especially if it's about me, I want to see if I'm wrong. Because I don't, if I'm wrong, I want to be corrected just like that from God. And by me admitting that and seeing that, he will correct me just like that. It's like, it's just done and it's over. And so when he um, got me into what I do, when I started Bond, and the purpose was to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man, it's so clear to me that that's what is needed. All right? That order of God needs to be restored. God and Christ, Christ and man, man over woman, woman over children. And so he gave me this mission. It is for all people, but it's primarily for black people because they're so screwed up. Because the family life is so screwed up. You want to have a screwed up life? Mess up the family and your whole life will be messed up for a long time. It doesn't have to, but it will. <laughs> and so the mission is that, is to bring all families back together by getting men to turn back to God. And so, and for some reason, I thought that that would be a, if I, you know, I thought that was going to be an easy message to put out there, and most people would gravitate to it and say, right on. You know what I'm saying? And then, when I, when he woke me up, I also realized, which I didn't know before, that I was being used by the people I trusted the most, the so-called civil rights leaders, the Jesse Jacksons, the NAACP, the the uh, black preachers and other. I did not know that they were lying to me. I absolutely did not know because I already had this anger and they were using my anger for their own personal gain by crying racism about everything. It was a white on black situation. And I couldn't see that they were getting wealth and fame and fortune from keeping me in that position, getting me to overreact to any little thing as long as it looked like racism. I do remember going, before waking up, I went to a couple of meetings of Louis Farrakhan. When he came to L.A., he spoke at the Forum. And there were just hundreds of people there, just loving Louis Farrakhan. And Louis Farrakhan would use a little truth about situations. And then we would, like, be all excited. Yeah, 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 because he was a good speaker. And then we would get excited. Then he would throw lies in there. And then you would feel angry, anger. And then he would say, watch when this is over. This is what the media is going to say. And the media would say what he, about him. And it just built the anger. And I'm thinking, wow, how could they do this holy man like that? And prior to overcome my anger, I literally thought he was a holy man. And I just hated the media. I hated white folks even more so. But when God opened my eyes and took away my fear, you know, my hatred, my resentment, I saw, wow, how could I believe that man? How was I that caught up and believe that? But I remember I couldn't see because of my anger. So I'm thinking for the last 23 years that if I tell black people that, your problem is not racism. Your problem is that you're angry and that you trust the wrong people. You listen to lies and, and they're just building on that anger. That these people are not for you, they're for themselves. But that is not working for the most part. And I know it's not working because the anger is there, right? And I also thought, and not because I thought it, because I have no other way of saying it. I thought if you just told the truth in love, 
you know, no hate your fellow man, but just told the truth, it would be well received. That's not true. It's really not true. And for a long time, for the last 23 years, because that's how old the organization is, people have been telling me, oh, you're just, what you're saying is true, but you're just too harsh. It's the way you say it. You should say it this way. I had a really nice guy who called my show this week, uh, and and sincere from the heart. It doesn't mean me any harm. He wasn't attacking me. But he was like, I know you're telling the truth about the uh, Trayvon Martin situation and all that, but it's the way you said. They all believe that Trayvon Martin was stalked and he was a child. Who, so let them have that. You know, but then tell them, you know, another way about it. And, and the guy really meant, he meant well. It's not a put down. He wasn't trying to call me names. And I'm thinking, and I've been thinking about that because I heard that, heard that a lot over the years. Just say it another kind of way because you sound like you hate black people. It just said, you know, you, you just sound like you hate black or you sound like you hate women or you sound like you hate the gays or you sound like this. But to me, I don't sound like that to me. And I don't feel that to me. You know, just not, I don't have feelings with it. And I don't have, to me, it sounds like pure love. But to other people, it's not sounding like pure love. And that's interesting to me because I'm thinking we're always lied to and we're always, people are always talking nice to us. They kind of want to tell us the truth, but they won't quite lay it out. And that won't help you. I don't know anyone who's been helped with sugar-coated truth. Do you? Sugar-coated truth does not work. You know someone who's been helped with sugar-coated truth? Somebody who's been hurt by it. Oh, hold on with me. I'm sorry. I was the one that coated it. Oh, (laughs) you know. Yeah, let him hold the mic. Hey, Robert, get out of the way of that guy. Because he's about to hit you. (laughs) You you don't, do you know anyone who's been helped with sugar-coated truth? Yeah. Uh, no, I do not. I, I know somebody who's, who's actually been, been hurt by that. And you say you hurt them. Yes. Can you give us an example of what you mean, what happened? Right, without getting into too many specifics. Right, I mean, of there's course. Some, there's some people that have wanted my help and who I thought I was going to be able to ease them into learning about themselves after mountains of evidence <laughs> that I was wrong. Right. And um, it's much easier to be... It's strange to say it's much easier to be 100% uh, one way than wishy-washy. Um, this particular person can benefit mostly from me doing nothing for them. Right. And uh, doing nothing for them, strangely enough, gets easier than doing something for them. A little bit here, a little bit there. All of a sudden, they're not getting any better. Yeah. All they're learning how to do is to play, with the, play the game with you. It's all they're learning how to do. Yes, so, sir. So uh, in general, the truth, what I've been learning is the truth, yes, it's kind of harsh. Uh, there, but the truth doesn't, there's it's no half harsh. Truth. Well, it's the sugar-coated lie well, that's harsh. Feels, those, are, those people who don't want to hear the truth are going to feel it's harsh. Oh, yeah, it to the ego, the truth is harsh. Very much so. A prideful person. And one's own sorrow when, when dealing with the truth for the first time is a, is a very interesting thing. And what do you, you, mean, feel, by, what do you mean by that? Uh, if I'm dealing with something because of the way I have to deal with it, to be proper, to be right, to be, to be truthful, when you're not used to it, suddenly you feel very sad about having to do it. You're actually letting go 
of 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 a self of a of a of a of a being inside yeah. of you yeah. that's actually dying and crying for that you to feed it. So it's so true. It is it is that ugly. It's the truth. So help me God. Uh, it's ugly and it doesn't feel good and <laughs> and you just want the sun to come up again in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Wow. Um you know that reminds me of something when you said that. Someone sent me a message, I think Someone sent me a message, something Frederick, Frederick Douglass said. And he said, he was, I think he was, and I'm paraphrasing it, so forgive me if I'm not saying it exact because I don't have it in front of me. He said that it was asked, what can, I, what can we do for the Negroes? Frederick Douglass was asked that question. And he said, nothing. Do nothing for the Negroes. Let the Negroes stand on their own two feet or let them fail. <clears throat> and that is such a powerful, powerful, powerful Powerful, powerful statement. And I'm learning that even more so. I'm just now really coming into the depths of that. And I've come to realize there are exceptions to the rule. I want you to hear me saying that. But the worst thing you can do for another person is to do something for them. That's the worst thing you can do. Is to do something for them. Because you take away their ability to des- and desire to do for themselves. And they become angry at you even about that because they lose their way and they're now dependent on you. And, uh, and, and, and there is a right way of doing something for people where you don't have that kind of negative impact. And then another thing I've come to realize that this even with anybody, family member, friends, or enemies, um, never ever, we need enough humility about ourselves to let people go through what people got to go through whether it's our kids, husband, wife, friends, or enemy. You've got to, and that's what you're talking about, you've got to let people go through what they got to go through. You can't change anyone, just as you can't change yourself. And it's, I almost use the word evil, to prevent someone else from going through what they got to go through. I know for a fact that what I've gone through over the last 25 years, especially 23 years of starting Bond, I needed to go through everything I've gone through and still going through dealing with stuff. I needed that. And I don't care how painful it seemed or whether I'm losing something or not, I needed that. It is making me a better person. It really is. It's making me, it's causing me to draw closer to God it's slowing me down so I can draw closer to him to get to know him even better. Uh, it's slowing me down from being so active in brainy stuff to really get to know him, to know that quiet, still voice. And the more I get to know him, the better I feel. It's so interesting. It's like letting go of everything. And so when you get in the way of somebody going through something, you're preventing all that from happening. Because sometimes it takes pain and suffering and loss for a person to stop and say, what am I doing here? You know, what's wrong? And w- once you start questioning yourself, that's when you'll get to know God. And, but if you get in other people's way or allow other people to get in your way of knowing God, like warding down the truth or if you're lazy and don't want to work, you're always talking about borrowing money and hunger, you get in the way of that, you're hurting the person. You really are. So you got to learn to get out of people's way. A humble person get out of another person's way. 
an ego-driven person stay in the way of that person or people. And it's awful because they prevent you from knowing God. Uh, let me take you lady way in the back there, Rob. And then, uh, and then I want to say this. Blah, uh, blah, 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 blah. Somehow I remember. I come back to it. It just left. It came and left. But it was so good. <laughs> Hopefully it'll come back. Okay, okay, go ahead. Okay, I used to um, thank you for being too um, harsh to people. Oh, that's people. what I wanted to say. Hold your thought. Okay. Don't forget it. So after this last conversation, because I get it all the time, I ask, I've been asking the Lord, Lord, how can I say it? You know, if there is another way, if I am being too harsh, if there is something that I don't see and, and um, I should say it another way, I don't know how to say it unless you give me to say it. But he won't give me another way. <laughs> he will not give me another way. I even, sometimes I think, well, let me say this a little nicer or something, it's kind of sugarcoat. It don't feel right saying that. It doesn't feel right saying that. It won't even come out right. Oh, if I think about doing it, sugarcoat it a little bit. I even tried, I even tried this thing because I see professional uh, experts doing it. Okay, I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> I know what you, I hear you saying, and I feel like a fool. I feel like an idiot doing that. It's so phony. You know? But I have, so I have tried. But the one thing I notice about the people who complain about me, the way I tell, you know, speak about what the situation is, they always say, you make me, you, it feels like it. It feels like it, you know. And I realize I can't do, their feelings have nothing to do with me. It's something about themselves that they need to overcome, you know, because it's their feeling. I don't feel that way. You know, and if somebody can make me feel a certain way, I know now it's not their fault that they are making me feel this way. Something is wrong with me for feeling that way. So it's an opportunity, an opportunity to check myself out so I can get over. Why were they able to make me feel a certain way? I don't want them to stop making me feel that way, because if I don't get over that, somebody else, once they leave, somebody else going to make me feel that way. And I'm controlled by them. The other point I want to make to black Americans, and any Americans, but especially blacks, if you don't love the white man or the white woman, you don't love nobody. You don't have love. And black Americans do not have love for white folks. I don't care what they say, they do not have love for white people. And I know that feeling of not loving white people, but loving blacks or thinking I love black people all in the name of Jesus. I had no love for the whites or the blacks or my daddy or my mama or my sister or my brother or my kids. Nobody. I had no love. You can't not love certain. You can't love certain people and then don't love certain people. That's ridiculous. But most of the people who complain, they first would say that they were Christians and they hate the white man. And they hated me because they disagreed with me. They don't even love me. How can you love somebody? And how can you say you're of God and not have love? Let's say that I am wrong. Let's say I'm out there, I make a statement I'm wrong. If you had real love, you would have compassion for me and, and patience so that maybe you can help me overcome it. You know what I'm saying? But to curse and go off and just 
threaten and all that. That's no love. And then they will say, I'm going to pray for you. In the end, I'm just going to pray for you. I'm like, no, don't pray for me. I had a police officer, a man who said he was involved in enforcement down in Sanford, Florida, call the radio show that I was doing an interview on. And that man was so mad, he said, you better be, you better be glad you're not here in Sanford, Florida. I said, why? This is coming from an officer who happened to be black. I said, why? Because I wanted to get it on radio, his threat, right? I wanted, I wanted to get it on tape. He said, because you would need a bodyguard. I said, wow. You are an officer of the law. <laughs> you can't say that to me. But his anger had, had him doing that. We're going to try to get that interview and put it up on the site so you guys can hear it. But he, you know what I'm saying? And he said to me in the end of that conversation, I'm going to pray for you. So now you're going to threaten me and then you're going to pray for me? Do you want me alive or dead? <laughs> and I said to him, no, sir, do not pray for me. I don't want your prayer. You of your father the devil. You're going to be praying to Satan for me? I'm trying to get away from Satan now. But, and, and I just, I'm putting this out there because I want black Americans to know that you're being used in your anger. You're being used and people are taking advantage of you. Our battle is spiritual. God said that we should love our enemies. I feel, I feel uh, as good about my good friends. I feel the same way about my, I feel the same way about my kids that I feel about my enemy. There's no feeling no different in the way I care about them. The Jacksons, the Sharptons, and everybody. I love them just like I love everybody that I know. I have no different feeling about any of them. And that's the truth, so help me. I just want Americans, I want human beings to wake up by overcoming anger so that they can become a free people. I want them to see what's controlling them. I want them to know that there's another way of living. And it has nothing to do with physical, but everything to do with the spiritual. Because that's what God did to me. He allowed me to see that. I'm a blessed man for that. I no longer identify with the color. I no longer identify with male or female. I identify, thank God, with what is right. And see, I was thinking this morning, it's amazing how God let me see that. I'm like, I can hardly remember how I was before. And that's weird to me. I can hardly remember how I was before. And I, I didn't know you could live this way. Now, I still, I still know that I'm a little country boy from Alabama. And I, but I, don't, I can hardly remember how I was before. Because I don't have that anger. I don't have that conflict. I don't hate my fellow man. I can take it or leave it. I can let you come or go. I don't care. And yet I do care because I want you to be free. Christ came and made it possible that every man and woman can be free. And so why let other people control you, make you angry? If George Zimmerman was 100% wrong, that's no reason to hate him. No reason at all. You pray for the man, pray for his family, and wish him well. Go to court and let the, the, the court decide you move on with life. And you should love... Joyce Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin, as much as you love the 500 black people who were killed last year in, New, in Chicago by other black people, 
or the white people who are being shot down right now by other black people. You should love them all the same. There shouldn't be any distinction between the love. That doesn't mean you don't take action. If you need to go to court, go to court. But the love should always be there if you're of God. I'm just saying. Anyway, go ahead, Seth. I can't see the love always being there. So what else? Like if you had like your brother in one hand and Al Sharpton in the other and they were both hanging over the cliff and you could save one, you you like... Um, well, now that Al Sharpton is thinner, it may be easier to pull him back up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know what? That's, I couldn't, I, that's a decision that will have to be made in the moment. Yeah. I couldn't make that decision right now. I would have to be, that's why you have to be free from anger because right now, the ego would say, well, I'll drop it, I'll shop it, and save my son. You know what I'm saying? But that may not be the best thing. In that moment, God will show you what is best. But the ego will tell you right now, our shop is evil, he's doing this and doing that, drop him. <laughs> <laughs> but God, see, God ways are not our ways. His mindset is not our mindset. Our mindset is very selfish. So the suffragists would want to save my son over shopping if they both were hanging over a cliff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would like to have him um, be with God like that where I don't have to make a decision. He'll make yes. it for me. That would be great. And that is so there for us. Mm. But you got to overcome this thing, yeah. the mind. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I used to think you were being too harsh. Like, what, you weren't being too harsh, but... You were making people mad, and I thought, if you make people mad, they're not going to listen to you. And then I realized, like, that's when they do listen to you, like, when you <laughs> just put it out there. They're yes. not going to listen to you if you're a sugar coat. They're just like, oh, you like somebody else, you yeah. know, like everybody else. That's a very like, good point. Yeah. So you used to get mad at me? Did I, I didn't get mad, mad at too? you. I just thought, like, how are we going to get people to the church if you're talking like this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how are we going to raise funds if you're talking like this? Yeah, I know what you mean. I hear that a lot. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to donate to you and you talk like that. <laughs> you know, how you go, you got to cool it down. And when they tell me that, you know, I'm thinking maybe I do, but I can't see how to cool it down. Mm-hmm. Because my words seem so much like love. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like love to me. Look like people say, right on, Jesse, thank you. I appreciate that. But that is not the case. Some, a whole lot of people are receiving it. But most are not. I understand. I'm lightweight. I ain't nothing compared to Christ. I now see why they took him to the cross and hung him up. You know, we don't have enough of you. <laughs> you run around here telling everybody the truth and calling us names and uh, lies and bag of bones and talking about we are of our father the devil. We don't have enough of you. <laughs> We're going to strain you up. And, you know, just imagine that, what it must have been for him, because he was pure at heart, innocent of nothing, I mean, guilty of nothing. And he's running around town telling the truth. And, my, and I'm guilty of things. I have sinned, you know. And I'm telling the truth. They want to put me, they want to kill me. How you want to kill somebody? And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to hurt you. You don't agree with me, and I don't agree with you, but I want you to live. Yeah, but I want you to die. What kind of stuff is that? All in the name of Jesus. Let me take here. You had your hand, right? Is it where you go you forgot? Yeah, pretty All much. Right. Okay. Um, well, don't make yeah. up anything. We'll yeah. come back. 
Uh, yes, sir. It just makes sense a little bit. You need love. Yeah, what I was talking about is that there is a lost word, especially to Christians, it's a lost word. Uh, lost. Lost, uh, another lost word, suffering. Um, that we're supposed to suffer here. Uh, this is the opportunity to suffer. Um, it's, um, it's one of those ways of go- going on to getting salvation. If, if, you, if you don't allow somebody else to suffer, and if you haven't suffered, then you really can't go to heaven. You, you don't want to die with the sin inside of you because you're going to suffer forever in, in hell. So um, hear the truth, repent, and suffer here with Christ praying. Do you have a problem suffering? I did. You did? I did. You don't now? I do not. You do not have a problem with suffering? I don't have a problem with suffering. Define suffering for us. Crying, crying of the heart, um, um, having a repentant heart, um, forgiving, forgiving those who, who, who harmed you. Um, you. Give me one definition of suffering that hits home if you can. Mm, let's see. Um, I, I can't off the top of my head oh, okay. right now, but, I, but I, I've endured it. I mean, you know, when I have done wrong, when I've wronged somebody, and then to, to having a very guilty, you know, heart for doing that. Uh, I guess going back to my father, hating my father, uh, and then, and then um, um, forgiving, you know, asking for forgiveness, and then enduring the pain. Yeah. One thing I've realized about suffering, you don't have to suffer. You really don't have to. But because you, we as human beings tend to have a, a stubborn ego, that's why we have to suffer. Because the ego doesn't want to listen to another God. It want to be his own God. And the true God, you don't want to hear from. And so that's why it's good to stay out of people's way so that they can suffer because in their suffering, maybe they will cry out to God. But God, God is about love, so he's about revelation. Just revealing to you and you're free. Just revealing to you and you're free. Just revealing things to you and you become free from revelation. But because of the pride of mankind and because of the ego, most people do have to suffer through what they have to go through. And that's good as long as no one is in your way of uh, suffering. You know, they allow you to, you don't want someone to save you from suffering. And too many people, parents, get in the way of their children suffering. They get in the way of everything. Uh, If the parents don't do it, the preacher will do it. The preacher don't do it, the media will do it. The media, if the media doesn't do it, food will do it. Smoking pot will do it. Drinking wine will do it. Something to get in your way of suffering. But if you didn't have that ego like that, you can sit quietly and go within where God is, and he'll reveal things to you. He'll reveal your stuff to you. And there's no pain in that. It's only joy. It's only joy. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, most of my questions uh, went away, but... Uh um, I just want to say uh, that uh, I uh, think that uh, Zimmerman, it kind of sounds that you're kind of giving Zimmerman a pass a little bit uh, when um, you focus a lot on Trevon and, uh, 
you know, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with uh, what you say as far as uh, how uh, the, the uh, Sharptons and the Jesse Jacksons are, are using the Trevon case to spur uh, anger against uh, the white man. I 100% agree with that. I can see that. Um, I think when I spoke with you, you, uh, you yourself said that uh, you weren't there. You don't know. You didn't know all the circumstances. Uh, but uh, so do you, uh, so when you call uh, Trevon Martin uh, a thug, and, and I would like to say also, what I'm hearing now is uh, what I think the masses need to hear. The, the Reverend, Jas the, the Reverend uh, Jesse Peterson, what I'm hearing now is beautiful. I mean, I, I did have a little resentment towards you, your strong stance, uh, uh, you know, the, calling Trevon thug. I watched that. Um, but uh, why uh, did you have resentment for that? Well, because, because that's what bust the bubble, right. burst the bubble. When somebody said in a big way that he was a thug, it like shocked everybody. Well, Isn't that right? Because they had nothing else to hold on to, and no one has said that. No one has said that, even though a whole lot of folks know about it or knew about it, right? No one has said it. And then here's some. No talking, uneducated <laughs> black person saying, "Look, Trayvon was a thug, and we all know it." It just shocked everybody. It really, really did. And when I come back, I come to you about the shock. Your shock of it. Why it, were you resenting me for saying well, that? Because it, it almost sounded like you uh, were uh, saying that uh, Trayvon deserved to die. It, it, in, in that, uh, it, it almost sounded that way, and and. Uh, from what I see, the, the, way, the way I've seen it, or the way I kind of still see it, is that I've been in, in, in stores, uh, certain stores, uh, I remember certain people looking, me at, looking at me the same, uh, a certain way as if I was going to steal something. I know that that's a very sensitive uh, part with the, the black community. When you, when Are they, you when, black? No, no, no. Well, I know they that look it at is. the Mexicans too? Well, Mexicans go through a similar thing. With white people? Yes. Or oh. with Asians uh, at certain stores or Asian? what have you. Yeah, Asians. Oh, yeah. The Asians are and, bad at that. <laughs> yeah, like they are. They're very, like this. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are. And I know that, that nothing. <laughs> you going by? You going by? Leave me alone. <laughs> and, and, and you know what I, I think? I can what, see it all now. I think Trevon was upset because he may have felt that a little bit that, that hey, here is this uh, white guy, uh, you know, walking. He's trying to, he's, he, obviously, because I'm black. And I think that brought anger out of him. And uh, if, if that that's a definition of a thug in your eyes, um, you know, perhaps he was thug-like in that he he had uh, the exponents to probably beat this guy up. Um, and this guy, uh, you know, and, and when we don't, I mean, let's, let's look at Zimmerman a little bit, too. Zimmerman, you know. Let me, let me just ask you this sure, first. I'll, I'll let you finish. I'm not running away from anything because you're saying so much, and I just got so much I want to respond to, so I don't want you to say so much, so I can't respond. Sure. My first question is why would you resent me for saying that? Let's say I'm 100% wrong. I don't resent you for thinking the other way. Why not have love and compassion for me so you can show me I may be wrong? Why resent me for that? Well, because I was wrong. It's wrong to resent you. But why did you resent because me? Because I, I guess I've been discriminated in the past as well. Okay. And uh, maybe that's, it was some of that. And I have and you, been. And you resent the people who discriminated well, against you? I, I realized that you weren't necessarily discriminating. Um, and, and I, you know, it's, I, don't, I don't resent you now. No, I, I'm just trying to hopefully get you to see something about yourself that will okay. help you understand why you resented me for that. Right. All right? So you, you, you've walked into a supermarket or something, 
and the, the, the Japanese or the Asian folks or the white folks like look at you, right? Right. As though you wanted to steal something. Right. And you resented them for that, right? Right. Okay. I remember that. And yes. so in that resentment, you're in a fallen state. And now you can identify with other black people who have gone through that and the way they feel about it, too. Right. And so you're thinking maybe that. that's what Trayvon was feeling. Right. And that's why he acted the way he acted. Right. Well, see, that's where you're wrong. You got to overcome that resentment for that happening to you because that situation may not have had anything to do with that at all. But because it was said that that could possibly be, you are identifying with that. And anyone who disagrees with you about it, you resent them for it. You got to forgive those people who did that to you. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes that, that makes sense. And, and I don't uh, I'm not resenting you now. No, I'm not talking about me. I ain't looking right. at you in no store. I'm talking about right. the white people or the Asian people that you resented right. for doing that to you. Right. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessarily that. There's, there's worse incidents in where I get, where, I, where, you know, I've been discriminated. Right. But, but my point is, whatever they... are funny example I brought up. Whatever they are doing, whatever has happened to you, right. you resented that situation. That's why you can identify with other people when they say they went through that and how they feel about it. I've gone through that, too, but and when I had the anger, I resented white people, too. So when another black person said, well, they were looking at me in the store, I'm like, yeah, those are racist white people, right? But now I know why they do it, because I don't have that resentment. And the reason white people watch folks in stores and businesses, because we have, as black people, we have a bad reputation of that. Right. We have allowed our kids to do that, and we have not corrected that. And they could be resented us for that, too. And so every black person is now suspicious. Mm -hmm. But I can accept that now because I understand for years and years and years, we have not cleaned up our household. And so if you got a whole bunch of kids of the same race doing the same thing, I mean, if it's a bunch of white kids doing that, and if I didn't know what I know now, I'll be not trusting any white person when they come into my store, too. Right. Okay. That uh, makes sense? Yes, it does. Uh, but in the, in the, in the same... Uh, and so when you resented me, the first thing I wish you had done was like, wow, I have no right to resent this man for that. Right. I may not I agree. agree with him, but what has happened to me that I can't love him in our disagreement? Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But most people won't pull away and look at themselves like that. They feel justified in resenting. Right, I, and think, I agree. Yeah, I have a right to resent him. But, He's but, identified with the white people. But in saying that, you know, I still feel that you can't completely uh, uh, wash uh, uh, Zimmerman's, uh, wash your hands off, giving some type of uh, uh, accountability to Zimmerman for uh, for putting for for also causing the situation. So I wasn't. I've never given Zimmerman any kind of. Uh, I have never said it was like fine. He did it. He did it. My message has always been, this case is not about George Zimmerman. It is not about uh, Trayvon Martin. It's about people who knows how to control you, manipulate you, to get you to overreact so that they can do what they really want to do. They don't care about Trayvon Martin. They don't care about George Zimmerman. They don't even care about Trayvon Martin's parents or George Zimmerman's parents. They care about getting power and wealth. And if you don't stop being resentful, you will be manipulated like that. While we are arguing over nothing, they're trying to get laws changed. They're trying to get uh, more freedom away from us, take our freedom away. And we're so stupid fighting over something that none of us really knows about and not see the big picture. We're not looking at what's going on behind the headline. 
headlines. We need to listen to a behind-the-headlines guy. But people in their fallen state don't see the big picture. Those folks don't care about us. They care less about Trayvon Martin. So they make up all this stuff that they know is an anger point that's going to get everybody fighting, and we spend a lifetime fighting while they're... And then by the time we come down, we lost more freedom. That's all going on. But in your anger, you think they care about Trayvon Martin. Or you think they care about George Zimmerman. They don't. How are you going to love two people or one black person more than you love the ones who are gunned down every day? You know what I'm saying? And these are young kids that are being gunned down every day. Younger than real kids. The real deal. Sitting in their homes in many cases and shot dead. Where is the love for those people? How are you going to battle over two people and the whole other people just nothing about them? And, and then the angry people in their fallen state are so blind to that, they're just fighting one another, arguing one another, don't see what's going on. That's my message. And, and you've got to wake up so you can see how you're being used. Don't, nobody, no politician, no president, nobody loves... So the president said, well, if I had a son, he looked like Trayvon. But the 500 that were killed in Chicago, none of them looked like, my son looked like them. Nobody questioned that. No one questioned that. Okay, so one little black boy looked like your son. 500 didn't. You see what I'm saying? What if he looked like George Zimmerman? <laughs> What if Obama looked like George Zimmerman? But my point is not about Obama. It's not about. It's about how evil is manipulating you in your fallen state. And Christ has come, and He's changed all that. We don't have to let anyone manipulate us. We really don't have to. But you got to wake up individually. You got to wake up. That's my message. Those people don't care. Why are you resenting me? They don't care. If you were shot down by another Hispanic, we would hear nothing about it. But you would have resented me because I tried to pass this message because you were angry about what happened to you and you couldn't quite see what I was saying. And I totally understand that. But anytime you feel something in here about somebody else, you need to go quiet and see what it is about you because you have no love. All right? And that's the truth, so help me, so help me, so help me. And the ego doesn't want you to know this. It really doesn't. Because it's of his father, the devil. Um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, what I said, Trayvon was a thug or something? You thought I was going crazy too? <laughs> no, I was just shaking my head because I heard other people say that and I was reading all the comments about you. Yeah, but can you understand? Did you understand how they felt? They, they thought that because they couldn't see? Yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can totally When you understand. first heard me say it, did it strike a nerve with you too? No, because I heard that before. Somebody else said he, I don't know if they quite said he was a thug, but they yeah. they were talking about his background and his past. They were talking about both people's past. So yeah. I heard it like a long, when it first kind of started, started yeah. up. I'm like, wake up, people. This issue is not an important issue. And everybody, I guarantee you, with all that is within me, every person who got mad about revealing that this guy was a thug have no love for Trayvon either. They can care less about Trayvon. 
every one of them. It's just that it's, it's some hatred in their hearts that they have toward the races, whether it's blacks toward the whites or the whites toward the black. It's the hatred that was driving them. They can care less about Trayvon Martin, whether you're a thug or not. I guarantee you that with all my heart and all my soul and all my might. It's about waking up, folks. It's about you seeing how you're being manipulated. Drop your anger so you can get past that. But you got to let anger go. One thing I want to tell you about fear is that I've read this somewhere. I have a whole bunch of books that I thank God the people giving them to me because now that I'm slowing down more and more and more, I have time to look through books. It said about fear. It says that fear, oh, all fear is fallacious and not based on truth. All fear is fallacious, meaning false, is a lie, and it's not based on any truth at all. None. And if you examine yourselves, you're going to see that whatever fear you may have has no truth in it at all. It's not based on truth at all. Not one I order. And the reason I know that too, because once I read it, I'm like, wow, that is so true. Because a lot of people have been telling me for 23 years, if you keep telling the truth, you're going to be banned, you're not going to get the money for an organization, you're not going to be able to make it, right? And then, but I couldn't feel the fear about that. And the reason I couldn't, because when God gave me love, he took the fear away. And my faith is in him. And God owns everything. He controls everything. He's in control of everything. Everybody and everything, right? And so if one person don't want me to speak to them, that's fine. There's an, he'll make a way for another person. He'll make a way. My faith is in him. It can't be in, I can't tell the truth because somebody's not going to like it and not going to want me to do this or that or won't support me. I'm not doing this to stay in, to run an organization. I'm doing this because I'm, I'm a witness that you could be free, that God loves us, and that he doesn't want us bondage or in bondage or subject to the world at all. He wants us to be free, but we've been so dumbed down and demoralized by religion and the people who have been teaching us religion, and some of them meant well and some didn't, but they have taught us and trained us like animals. And we think we know the truth and we don't even have our own bad reaction to things because we've been so dumbed down and so brainwashed. We don't even pause for a moment to see that something is wrong here. If it doesn't fit your religious standards, it's something wrong. If you don't say amen enough times, if you don't go to church enough times, if you don't act like a good little Christian the way I act, it's something, it's something wrong with that kind of religion. We have been manipulated. We have been controlled. We have been used. We have been dumbed down. We have been lied to. We are being had. And that's the truth. And God does not want us to be had. He wants us to be free. This world belongs to the devil. And it belongs to the folks of the devil. And the children of God got to be in it, but not of it. We have to be different. We have to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. It's dumb. How are you going to call yourself a Christian and follow the crowd in the way that you do? And we've all been traumatized. And, we're going to, and whatever, according to whatever trauma we have, we're going to identify with other people who have been traumatized like us. And we'll find ourselves going that way with them. 
Get over the trauma. Repent. Forgive. Forgive. I'm telling you the truth, so help me, God. These people don't care about you. They're of their father, the devil. They are using you. If we tried to get a voucher system in the public schools so that kids can go to a better school if they wanted to, those very same people stopped the voucher system from happening. There was a school in uh, Washington, D.C. that was doing very well, all black, I think, predominantly black for sure. They were on the voucher system. The kids were getting a good education, doing very well, free thinking. The president ended that, cut it out. And those were black kids. These people don't love you. They don't care about your color. They don't care what. They're just using you. And you're just acting like little puppets. Pull a string. <laughs> Isn't that awful? It is. And then, I just gave you a big way that it's happening. You need to examine your life because it's happening in small ways, too, in your personal lives, in little ways that you're not paying attention to. It's happening in small ways. And anybody that's angry, if you have one iota of a bit of anger, it's happening to you in your life. You're being manipulated by something or somebody. And you have no love for anybody or anything. It's all about you, but you're being manipulated. God loves us. He sent his only son that we may be free. We have the spiritual kingdom of heaven within us. We are a spirit. It is in us. And he loves us. All he wants us to do is calm down, know thyself, so the light can shine through you. You got to let this mind go. Everything that you think you know, you've learned, you've been trained to do and trained to be and trained to act like and trained to say, you need to drop it all. Really, if you want to be free. And don't rely on anyone else to do it for you because nobody else can do it for you. As an adult, it's on you. It's on you as an adult. You got to go to God and repent and allow him to take over your life. I can almost boohoo about this. It's so serious. You got to cut this stuff out. Because we are being used. We're going to all be, well, I'm not. But the blind will be in bondage after a while in a way that you cannot get out of. Because they are using the people now like, not like I've ever seen before. And I thought I had seen it before. It's getting worse. We have no bit of fight with each other over Trayvon Martin or George Zimmerman. It had nothing to do with us. In reality, we were not there. So the media and a group of power-hungry, money-thirsting people should not be able to come together and come up with certain terms and certain words and make us fight like this and feel that we were right. The ego won't even let you say, you know what, I just wasn't there, I don't know. Because of your hatred in your heart. So I encourage you to repent. Individually, you've got to drop the anger, drop the ego, and let the love of God shine through you. He loves us. He's right there waiting. And if you are mad at somebody else about their opinion or whatever, that's your fault. It's not that person's fault. And I, I, I promise you, I can't give it to you, but I promise you there's a way in life where you cannot be mad about another person's opinion, what they think or what they do. 
I'm telling you, there's a way of living. And, they, and you would have given them the right to be wrong or right. You would have, been given, you would have given them the freedom, like God gives us the freedom, to be wrong or right and not judge them in your imagination. Who are you to judge somebody because they disagree? <laughs> Ooh, I'm preaching today. <laughs> that, I'm telling you the truth. This is insane what's happening. <laughs> I'm telling what? It's over? Wow. You didn't do the countdown. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.